It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. This is Locked on Cougars, your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports, news, notes, opinion, and insider information you can't find anywhere else. Proud to be part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Thanks for joining me. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this podcast. Uh, Tuesday edition of the show, a lot of football today. Layout of the show for you today. We'll get to some of the more of the comments from Kalani Satake on the Zone Sports Network late last week. Had some great stuff on the upcoming bowl game, as well as some thoughts on transfers, as well as Juco prospects that we will get to here in this first segment. Second segment of the show, you'll hear from BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. I had a chance to catch up with him, talk about a myriad of topics, including the silly season for coaches, recruiting, preparing his defense for a game against Western Michigan, etc. So you'll hear that interview in the second segment of the show. And as we always do in the final segment of the show, we'll catch up on everything else you need to know about the BYU athletic department and quick hits to close out today's show and with that let's get going this is locked on cougars for december 18th 2018 First thing that jumps out is that they beat Northern Illinois and we didn't become an opponent, right? But also that they've had the offensively, they've had a, a opportunities to score a lot of points, and um, and so defensively is going to be a challenge because we've seen that what they can do, they can put up a lot of points and in a hurry, and so we have to uh, defensively would be a great challenge for us with with a, a quarterback that can run the ball himself, but they have two really good running backs that take turns uh, taking taking the carries and then and uh, all lineman that will be. O-line that will be physical. They run a good RPO scheme. Um, defensively, they'll take a lot of chances with, with pressures, and they'll try to uh, they'll try, feast or famine type of defense, trying to get make the big play. And so offensively, we're going to really take care of the football. And and um, basically, you know, if there's there's certain plays that are there, let's take it. You know, and I think uh, it'll come down to really the O-line and D-line being able to establish their presence right away for us and uh, establish the physical part of the game. And we're going to have to lean heavily on that. But uh, I think we feel good going into the challenge and feel good about the matchup. Um, looking forward to the game. I know Tim Lester is a really good coach, and uh, they have some really good players on their team, and we, we respect them a lot and looking forward to sharing the field with them. 
There you go, Kalani Satake talking about Western Michigan. He started off talking about, hey, this is a team, speaking of Western Michigan, that beat Northern Illinois, which BYU, of course, was unable to do in a 7-6 loss in late October. BYU a heavy favorite in this game, still a double-digit favorite. Last I saw was still a 12-point margin in terms of the Las Vegas sportsbooks for the the Cougars in this game. Friday afternoon, 2 o'clock Mountain Time, uh, BYU football already in Boise. I saw some pictures of them at an event yesterday. Looks like they were making um, care packages to send out uh, to needy families and individuals. Cool to see that. Of course, Western Michigan also involved in that. Both teams in their uniforms. BYU will be rocking the Royal uniforms this week. It looks like Western Michigan was in their brown jerseys, so should make for an interesting color contrast, especially when you involve the Smurf turf or the blue turf that Boise State's field up there at Albertson Stadium features as well. Uh, Kalani Satake had some good things to say, and that comes from the Zone Sports Network. He was on with Hans Olsen and Scott Gerard on Friday last Last week, we played one of his comments yesterday talking about recruiting um, the type of athletes he's looking for at BYU, and I wanted to get to some more of his comments on today's show. Um, We'll now switch over. He talked a little bit more about his team in particular, especially the running back position. It's been a position that's been hit hard due to injury, similar to the tight end position for the Cougars. I've I've reported multiple times on this podcast, Lopini Katoa, probably going to be a game-time decision this week in terms of... If he'll, if he'll be able to go against Western Michigan. So here you go. Here is Kalani Sitake talking with Hans Olsen and Scott Gerard about the running back position for BYU and what he expects to play out this week. Well, we're still working through some things. We're seeing if, if Katoa will be ready, and um, it looks like he's close, you know, but um, won't risk a lot of uh, what's going to happen with him, if, with his future, his livelihood. He's, he's still young, got a lot more years ahead of him, so we have to make sure that it's right for him and not just throwing him out there and, and putting him at risk. And, and then, you know, we have some guys that will be given a chance, like Tyler Algier, and we'll see how, uh, we, and we have some things on offense that we've worked, we're working with, and so I think we'll be fine, and um, you know, Obviously, we have to have guys that are ready to play. Uh, whether you're the first string and second string guys, got to be ready to go because it's just one snap away from being on the field. And at times, like you saw in the Utah game, we might have to go to even our third and fourth string, who were probably at the beginning of the depth chart at, in fall camp, or probably fourth and fifth string. So uh, the 15 practices really help in getting those guys tuned up and then have, being familiar with your opponent. We knew about Western Michigan a while ago, and so we've been able to. to look at what we've seen all 12 games and that they've had and be able to scout them and so and then we've also had time to self-scout on our on our tendencies and what we do defensively so I think it's it's a good time I, I feel like we have been able to use this time wisely and and uh, get everyone better on the program and, and it's been really good for us coaches too as we plan and get ready for this game. There you go, Kalani Satake, and he said, "Yeah, still working th- through things with Lopini Katoa. Um, Tyler Algier is a guy I would like to see get some run in this game. A walk-on freshman from Fontana, California, uh, the same town that Jamal Williams came from, and Algier has um, gotten some action late in the season this year on kickoff returns and the like. But I would like to see him at, at the running back position and see if he can do anything there." 
I also heard Kalani mention that they may have to go to their third and fourth string options. And to be honest with you, if I'm thinking about third and fourth string options right now, um, off the top of my head, I'm thinking there's Squally Canada, there's Lopini Katoa, Tyler Algier, and then I'm not sure who, Sione Finau, a freshman from Kearns High School who's been redshirting most of the year. I think has seen one play. I believe he fumbled a kickoff return. So not sure you can necessarily um, go too deep on this depth chart and have faith the guys will produce, but you never know. We'll see what happens Friday in that game against Western Michigan, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Uh, Kalani Satake also talked yesterday about the JUCO ranks and BYU recruiting from the JUCO ranks. Hans Olsen, of course, was a teammate with Kalani Satake, and they were talking about, hey, well, Hans asked him the question, hey, is it uh, more or less an option to have JUCO guys at BYU? why you're able to have more or less guys come in. And Klein Satake acknowledges it's it's less, but here's more of his comments about JUCO players and BYU recruiting them. Junior college has every position available. If there's a need, um, we're, we are also going to go to the JC ranks, but, you know, the academics has got to be, um, has got, they've got to fit academically. They've got to fit um, with the code of conduct that we live by, and they have to fit the, the talent that we need on the football field. So if, if they, uh, we're not just limited only to high school, School, we'll look in the junior college, and there's a lot of there's a lot of um, gems in the junior college ranks that are that are not really being recruited, and so and and a good number of them have good grades. And so, uh, looking at some of these young men, they've they've developed their late developers, and and they've gone through a growth spurt that's kind of. Um, you know, you look at they're so different than they were two years ago in high school, and, and I think it's important for us to evaluate everybody, especially if we have a need, and to look at, at, at every position. And if they fit the, the lifestyle, they fit the, the culture at BYU, then, then we definitely have to go after them. There you go, Kalani Sitake, and I do like that mentality. It's not that he's trying to immediately upgrade the roster for a short-term short term gain in terms of, hey, let's see if we can win games in the next two years. He says that the JUCO ranks for BYU will be something if they find a need on the roster, they need an answer to in the short term, they'll go find that while they allow other talent to kind of grow up. And that's that's the smart way to do it. Um, I had a chance the other day to look at Utah State's roster. I was just interested. Matt Wells, of course, moving on from Utah State to Texas Tech. Gary Anderson coming back in to take over the Aggies program. And I was looking at uh, the seniors for the Aggies. And it was a two-year rebuild that Matt Wells did, a kind of a short-term rebuild. They did recruit plenty of high school athletes, but I think there might be a gap year here for Utah State. Don't, uh, I'm not, I don't mean to turn this into a Utah State podcast, but looking at it, they hit the JUCO ranks hard two years ago, built a winning a couple of winning seasons. Well, okay, it went six and seven a year ago, but then a ten and two, now eleven and two season this year on the backs of a bunch of JUCO players. Matt Wells gets a new job, and now with Gary Anderson taking over, it looks like to me on paper that Utah State could have a gap year ahead of them. Meanwhile, BYU they're being smart with their JUCO recruiting. They do know that they need to upgrade the speed and athletic at the running back and wide receiver positions in the short term while they get some other talent in place and allow it to develop. And that's what they're kind of targeting. They haven't necessarily landed a Juco player yet. It sounds like Chris Ellison might be one of those guys who gets that, but he could end up playing in the defensive backfield. A kid from Mount San Jacinto College down there in Southern California. So BYU, I think they're being smart about these JUCO ranks. And of course, you heard Kalani say, it's got to be the right fit. They've got to be academically eligible to to hang at BYU to 
actually even get into the school to to that point, but also be able to deal with the honor code and the lifestyle of BYU because it is unique. There is no doubt about that. Finally, one final note from Kalani Sitake's interview on the Zone Sports Network. Thanks to Scott Gerard and Hans Olsen uh, for allowing me to use this audio. It's been great stuff. You can go to 1280thezone.com and hear the full interview if you missed any part of it. The final note from Kalani Sitake is he talked about transfers. And of course, there's been three transfers from the BYU football program in Christian Folau, Akile Davis, and Wayne Tay Kirby. And I've, as I've reported here on Locked On Cougars, I don't expect those three to be the last transfers out of the program this season. Of course, BYU garnered the commitment of a transfer in their own right in Nephi Sewell yesterday. So there's always an in and out process, but there's going to be more transfers based on everything I'm hearing from BYU. But uh, Kalani Satake talked about the three transfers. Hans Olsen asked him about it. And here's what he had to say about the transfers out of BYU and the reasons why they might do it. There's natural attrition. Every every football program will go through that. And I think if you're looking at, and I won't speak about the players specifically, but if you're looking at um, players that are, that are looking to leave, there's usually um, one of the three following three reasons. And it's not just limited to only one. One, um, and the most common one is that uh, they want to play. They want to play more, and they want to be on the field, and they they want to go to a place where they can actually um, contribute a lot more than they're doing currently here. Another one would be that they're struggling with the lifestyle and the honor code. Uh, another one would be that they're struggling with academics, and so um, if that's part of the, pro- the, the the reason for them transferring, I want them to have a great experience and have a, and a, be able to achieve their goals and their dreams. And so, as a head coach and as a position as a position coach and coordinators, we need to communicate with our players and and where we see them fitting and where where they're at currently in the program and we do that with everyone and then we uh, uh, ask them to, to meet some of our expectations and the things that we expect that we demand from them to do and and if um, others and it's a, it, they're involved in positive meetings and if a players want to want to transfer then the NCAA has done a great job at, at allowing our players of the transfer portal I think there's going to be more of a common thing than allowing them to be on the transfer portal and be visible for others and uh, you know me I in recruiting, I'm I'm all about giving young men chances to to um, be on the field, play football, and have a great experience. And uh, if if someone can do that here at BYU, then great. If they can do it at other places, and I'm going to wish them the best as well. It's why I've released before the NCAA even did this. I released anyone that wanted to transfer or release from our school. It didn't matter who they were, and I want these young men to go out and have a great experience. And um, you know, it's, it's some, for some guys, it's one of those three reasons, maybe a combination of it or what, whatever the reason may be. Um, I want them to have a great experience and have their opportunities um, as we work through our team. And I, like I said, I really want young men that want to be here and represent BYU the right way. That's what I'm focused on, too. All right, there you go. Kalani Satake talking about the transfers in and out of the BYU football program. And it's, it's a three-pronged thing, he said. There's guys who have academic issues. There's honor code issues. And there's simply just lifestyle issues. And uh, based on everything I know about the three transfers so far, none of them were academic to my knowledge. Of course, Akili Davis, it wouldn't be academic considering he graduated from BYU and will be a grad transfer from the program. So... BYU will be uh, players in that transfer market, of course, already adding the addition of Nephi Sewell, who is transferring from Nevada. And I'm sure there's still moves to be made. Of course, BYU looking to open up some scholarships so they can get some more talent on the roster in their mind as well. So it's a... It's a give-and-take process, and as we talked about last week, these transfers for BYU are a win-win scenario for both sides. 
All right, we will step aside here. We'll come back, talk some more football. BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki was kind enough to take some time to speak with me last week, late last week during practice. Good conversation with him, covered a myriad of topics, and we'll get to that next. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about today's sponsor on the show, and that is our good friends at Sling TV. Sling TV is here for anyone that has any issues in terms of watching college sports or just TV in general. With Locked On Cougars listeners, a lot of you looking for the college bowl season ongoing so far. Well, Sling TV is your best bet when you want to watch when you want to watch college football. For just thirty dollars a month, you get the ESPN networks, Pac-12 networks, SEC. Network and more. And of course, you can take it with you anywhere you go. Sling TV's got a great app. You can take it on your tablet or your phone. And of course, you also can stream it on your big screen TV. It gives you the live TV you love only better. There are no useless channels with Sling TV. It's a la carte. You pick the channel lineup you want. There are no hidden fees. There is no long-term contract. It's month to month. You know exactly what you're paying right up front. And of course, if you're dissatisfied with it, cancel it at any time. Check it out, guys. Locked on Cougars listeners can go to sling.com slash locked on and get a seven-day free trial to see if Sling TV is the right option for you. You sign up and go to you sign up for Sling TV, get that seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G.com slash locked on. Check it out, guys. It might be the right TV option for you, and you have seven days to try it for free. So check it out once again, sling.com slash locked on. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. You are locked on Cougars. Remember when you get in the car, this is really simple. With new smartphones and the technology that we have at our fingertips, literally, all you got to do is tell your smartphone, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you can listen to us anywhere. We're available on all your major podcast platforms. It's a great option. So just get in the car, tell your smart speaker at home, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you'll find us right there. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this daily podcast that is focused on all things BYU. I had a chance to speak with BYU. BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. I always find his interviews to be insightful, even if you have to look a little deeper than what he's saying on the surface. Hopefully that makes sense. But he had some great stuff to talk about. We talked about the silly season for coaches with coaches taking jobs. Of course, the University of Utah seeing three of their coaches depart Kyle Whittingham's staff already. Uh, BYU, all things I've heard so far is that the staff is going to stay intact. You'll hear Elisa talk about that coaching situation and how you kind of balance it but we get started here talking about preparation for Western Michigan how he feels it's going as BYU is going to use all 15 of their allotted practices but here's Elisa Tuiaki with me starting off talking about the preparation for his defense as they get ready for the bowl game this Friday I think they're good um, I think we're we're on par obviously we have a little, little bit more time to prep and we're only focusing in on one team and so just trying to make sure the boys are all ready for all scenarios you know um, we can over prep, but also there's 
uh, you always see new things come from an offense um, every Sunday, every, every bowl game. And so we just want to make sure that we're all we're ready for everything. How do you balance the development side of things versus preparation in this time of time yeah, of the year? Yeah, I mean it's it's a great opportunity for us to get young guys in there to get them some reps, especially early last week and this week. Uh, with another week of preparation left, when we go up to Boise, it'll be. Uh, be good for us to get a lot of the young guys reps and let those guys get in and actually see themselves get coached on film and you know all that stuff is really really good for them it's it's an extra spring ball you know western michigan's a team it seemed like they're, they're run first mentality they got plenty of explosiveness all over the field what do you expect I expect them to do exactly what they do i mean they they run the ball they're they're uh you know their quarterback is is uh is decent he's not a guy that um i don't think he's the focal point of their offense they're They've got a couple of receivers that are really good, fast, and do a good job. But, but they do a really good job just staying committed to the run. I think they know who the, who they are, and they don't want the quarterback out there kind of tricking it off and throwing four picks. They're just gonna they're gonna take calculated shots, but uh, control control the the game with the with the run game. How do you feel your young cornerbacks are adapting to taking a bigger role in the absence of Chris Wilcox? You know, it's sometimes it's hard to tell. You know how how. Uh, how soon a kid is going to step up and be ready to play. And um, you don't know until you get into a game. And, you know, against Utah, a lot of those guys played. And um, some of them shine a little better than others, and some of them just weren't ready for the moment. And I think that's why we ended up with that that uh, type of game. But, um, you know, well, it's it's good experience nonetheless. You know, a few years from now when we're looking down the road and everybody's kind of forgotten about um, that loss to Utah and us, you know, beating them here in the near future i think that everybody will see them in a different light but right now they just uh, still need a lot of work still need a lot of work they're young exactly what they are they're freshmen it seems like that's kind of a theme with this team is a lot of play for the future play these young guys and just have this experience let them go through these growing pains and just get ready for the future going forward right yeah yeah you know it's and i don't i don't necessarily think it's um we've purposely said we're gonna all play freshmen we just don't have anything but freshmen. And that's just kind of where, where we're at. And, um, you know, if we had a little bit more experience and guys that stepped up, but, you know, it's I think it's a, it's a, a function of just kind of where we're at right now. Where we're at is a lot of freshmen have to play, and where we're at is a lot of freshmen are taking lumps, but where we're at is we're going to have a lot of freshmen with a lot of experience in the near future. So. A lot of players have said the, the difference in the feeling of not going to a bowl a year ago versus going to a bowl this year is just almost night and day. Does it? different for you as a coach at all oh yeah absolutely you know the, the practices for sure but just I mean it was one of our goals to go to a bowl game um I've had several people approach me about oh it's not I was like dude yeah this is we're super excited we're so excited yeah it's uh I mean so many more fans can come because it's closer it's before before Christmas and we're going to a bowl game I mean we're super really super super excited about it how do you adapt to playing without Corbin Kafusi now that we know he's officially done this go round? Yeah, uh, <laughs> another guy's going to step up. There's there's some stuff that he did, obviously that some of the other guys aren't as good at, and they're learning. But um, you know, these practices, his little brother Devin's really been able to fill in where he left. He's not six nine like Corbin was, but he's six six, and he's he's still in the way, and he still does a lot of, a lot of things well. Kyrus and the guys in the middle, you've played a lot of defensive tackles this year. How do you feel they as a group have kind of grown this year? As, as a group, we've gotten better. Um, you know, health is always going to be an issue, but that's why I really feel comfortable about rotating a lot of guys. Is um, You know, I've been in systems where you kind of 
use the use the guys that are you think are better and, until they're worn out and broken. And, and I think that because we rotate so many guys, um, we're able to get guys a lot of experience, but also it just helps so much with our depth. I mean, we go in. Um, it, it's the deepest position that we have on the team right now. You know, we've taken so many hits at the corner spot with Chris Wilcox getting hurt and you know Corbin getting hurt and Zane getting hurt and Riggs and all those guys. But um, you know, at the D tackle spot, we're so deep there just because everybody's kind of stayed healthy that uh, we feel comfortable about about uh, sticking in there. Is it weird this time of year? The silly season's going on, and we see all these coaching changes going on. How do you balance that? Is I know you as professionally have a responsibility to pay attention to it, but how do you balance that with just keeping focused on this team right now? I don't, I don't really know what's going on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I've, I've, you know, everybody talks about it, but once you – I mean, it's just all hypotheticals for me. I don't plan on going anywhere. I just want to do a good job here, and nothing really uh, is – at least for me, you know, I don't, everybody's a little bit different. Some people are really in the scene and kind of talk about it and all that stuff, but it's too much for me to think about. I've, I've got kids to spend time with and players to take care of and schemes to think up of, and so unless it's uh, you know something with my name in it that directly affects me, I don't really bother much with it. I wanted to circle back to one thing about the bowl game. Yeah, I've heard I've heard the same thing you've heard, Boise, Idaho, really, but. Can you describe how the team reacted when you guys found out you're officially going to a bowl game? Because there were four teams that didn't go. They yeah, were bowl eligible. Absolutely. And and one of the teams that didn't go, Wyoming, yeah. has the right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Mountain West team has the right to this bowl. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that ESPN got us in, I mean, I'm super excited. And there's there, you know, in the back of your mind there's always uh, a chance that you might not go to a bowl game and um, I mean, I'm super excited and grateful, you know, and our team was. We're grateful, super grateful. There was always talk about going here or there, and, um, you know, when you're talking about getting out of the winter and going to Florida, some some kids were excited <laughs> about that. That I don't know if that was a possibility. BYU but Tampa yeah, yeah, right, but, and, and I'm sure we would we would have, uh, BYU fans would have showed up just like they always do at every place we play, but but the, to play here in Boise where we have tons of fans in Boise, mm-hmm. it's close enough for all our fans here to drive, and it's, um, it's before Christmas and all that. I mean, it's. I, I think it's. I think it's an awesome bowl. I think. I think it was great to place there because I think they will be able to fill that place up and and uh, make it a home game for us. Awesome. Thanks so much, Coach. All right. Thank you. There you go, Elisa Tuiaki. Thank him for taking the time. It's a blast always talk with him and some good conversation there. I really liked his take on the team going to Boise, Idaho. He said simply, simply put, they are excited to be back in a bowl game. He said for coaches, it's fun. It's better for players as well. He said that it's good to have that extra practice time to be able to get guys ready. And as you heard him say, he doesn't pay attention to the coaching stuff unless his name comes up in the media. But he says that he's he's one type of coach. There's other coaches that are always searching out things and always looking for stuff and to each their own is kind of the gist I took away from Elisa Tuiaki. Thank him again for taking the time. It's a blast to catch up with BYU coaches and players. And of course, that's one of the features here on this podcast is you'll hear from players and coaches one-on-one with myself that you wouldn't hear otherwise in other formats or other podcasts. All right, we will step aside here, come back, wrap up today's show with quick hits, all the news you need to know in terms of everything else going on with the BYU Athletic Department. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock 
deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. You can find us by simply telling your smartphone or smart speaker, play podcast Locked On Cougars. You can find us there. Thanks again for your continued support here on this podcast. Uh, one plea for you guys, though, on your podcatcher, please subscribe to the podcast as well as giving us a five-star review and also leaving a note if you don't mind. I know it's a simple request that I make fairly frequently, but it really does make a big difference. All right, as we close out today's show, uh, breaking down some of the other news and notes from the BYU Athletic Department. We'll start off here, though. Adam Pulsifer, BYU linebacker, he was actually named as the game's annual humanitarian award winner. Uh, It was also along with Jamari Bogan, a running back for Western Michigan. They are presented with their awards yesterday at the conclusion of the Albertsons Tackle Hunger event at Bishop Kelly High School. Uh, Cool to see a senior. Adam Pulsifer has been a loyal soldier for the BYU football program, has seen his playing time go up and down, has started at different points in his career, but it's just cool to see him win an award like this. So congratulations to him. He's also a semifinalist. He was a semifinalist for the William V. Campbell Trophy which honors the best football scholar athlete in the nation. He's smart as a whip. I've had a chance to interview this young man. He has gone to the BYU Marriott School of Business and does incredible work there in the classroom. So congratulations to him closing out his career in style with that award. One final note before we go today is congratulations to Shaylee Gonzalez. After her career-high 29 points and a near double-double with nine rebounds in the win over Colorado State Saturday, she was named as the West Coast Conference player, women's basketball player of the week, excuse me, women's basketball player of the week for December 17th, 2018. Congratulations to her. It is her first player of the week award as well as BYU's first this season. Uh, The women's basketball team will be back in action this Friday when they host Northern Colorado. Hopefully she can follow that career high performance against Colorado State up with another big performance against Northern Colorado. All right, that is the show for today. Thanks again for joining me. We're brought to you today by our good friends at Sling TV. Get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. Seven days to see if it's the right TV option for you. I would encourage you to check it out. We will be back tomorrow, of course, continuing to get you ready for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, but it is early signing day tomorrow. So this podcast, I may hold off and do it in the afternoon after we have a list of BYU players who have signed, etc. Get you some thoughts on them. Um, So it may come out a little bit later tomorrow just so you're aware it won't be in the early in the morning like it has been over the last few weeks may hold off and do it in the afternoon I'll keep you updated on that on Twitter and let you know at Locked On Cougars there. Also, my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. And with that, we'll wrap it up. Thanks again for joining me. This has been Locked On Cougars for December 18th, 2018. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.